Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about lessons on plantar fasciitis for runners. Hi, I'm Dr. Christopher Segler, and thanks for tuning in to the Doc on the Run podcast, where we help you understand how to keep training and running, even if you've been injured. Well, this past Thursday, I was invited to lecture on runner's heel pain, pearls for podiatric physicians, and I was given a talk at the International Foot and Ankle Foundation meeting, which is a medical conference at the Swedish Medical Center in Seattle. Now, attendees to this conference included podiatrists, foot and ankle surgeons, and sports medicine specialists. And during the question and answer session at the end of the lecture, doctors were given the opportunity to pose a number of questions. And basically, the lecture was on runner's heel pain, and I was discussing the differences between plantar fasciitis, infracalcaneal bursitis, neuritis, and stress fractures of the heel bones, and trying to explain to doctors the ways that they can tell the difference between these different conditions, in addition to determining how they can help their patients continue to run, even if they have, for example, a partial rupture of the plantar fascia or plantar fasciitis. During the question and answer period, I got a bunch of good questions. We were going to talk about some of those because I think that may be helpful for you as runners to understand. The first question I got was from a doctor who raised his hand from the audience and he said, do you routinely inject your runners with cortisone when they have plantar fasciitis? Well, this is a great question because, you know, mostly I see runners in my practice and and I think it's really important to weigh the potential benefits of a corticosteroid injection, like a cortisone injection, against the special risks that cortisone can pose to runners. And I think it's critical that we as physicians actually give special consideration to the runner's plans and goals when considering cortisone injections for heel pain. Now, I further explained to the audience how runners are at high risk of developing partial ruptures or tearing of the plantar fascia after treating plantar fasciitis with cortisone injections. Why is that? Why does that happen? Well, there are a number of case series which are published in medical journals which report unusually high proportions of runners who suffered partial ruptures of the plantar fascia after cortisone injections. Knowing that corticosteroids can weaken collagen bonds, It should not be surprising to doctors when a small tear in the collagen fibers of the plantar fascia becomes further compromised as an unintended consequence of the injection. Now, although a cortisone injection or heel spur injection is likely the most common injection performed by podiatrists for the treatment of plantar fasciitis, it does not mean plantar fascia injections should be routine for runners. So I went on to try to explain this to the audience. I explained to them, you know, look, running places high stresses on the lower extremity, particularly the plantar fascia. So if a runner has a particular running form, the biomechanical consequence of that running form can be to strain the fascia to the point of injury. So if we inject the fascia with cortisone in an effort to calm down the inflammation, but we don't do anything to address the underlying biomechanical forces which stress the fascia in the first place, why would it heal? The stress hasn't changed. So I think that when we inject cortisone, the inflammation calms down, and I think that all doctors agree that that will happen. After that, the fascia feels better, but the fascia can become weaker. If that happens, the runner, who no longer has pain and inflammation, predictably begins to run more because the fascia finally quits hurting. This produces an unfortunate confluence of weaker collagen fibers and increasing biomechanical stress on the fascia. A partial rupture of the plantar fascia can result from that unfortunate combination. I went on to explain to them that, look, but even though that's true, there is a time when I do consider cortisone injections for plantar fasciitis in runners. Let's say there's a runner who has been trying to qualify for an event like the Boston Marathon or Ironman Hawaii. 
Now, this may be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. In those cases, I will simply explain the risk to the runner, but then inject it so that we can stop all the inflammation, remove all the pain, and they can make it through that race. In some cases, it may be worth the risk for the relief and the short-term gain, but this is why it's so important for physicians and runners to talk candidly about the importance of upcoming races, current training plans, as well as long-term running goals. If the runner can speak openly and the doctor will actually listen, the two of us can then work together to decide whether or not injecting the plantar fascia really makes sense or not. Now, a follow-up question was whether or not I would inject a partial rupture of the plantar fascia with cortisone. My answer is no way. It's just way too risky. If the plantar fascia theoretically must develop plantar fasciosis, where the collagen fibers start to degenerate from the chronic inflammation and repeated microtrauma to the fascia, and that has to happen before it can rupture, then the fascia is, by definition, already weaker. Injecting a substance like cortisone that can further weaken the fascia really seems like it's asking for trouble. If a partial tear in the plantar fascia evolves into a full rupture whereby the plantar fascia ligament rips all the way across the bottom of the foot, the architecture of the foot and the actual support of the foot can change. The arch can collapse, the spring ligament and other supporting structures can stretch out as well. In the end, if the arch collapses, the runner's never going to be the same. Although I think there are very few events warranting that sort of risk, it really is still the runner's decision. I mean, after all, they're the one who has to run on this foot for the next several years or the rest of their life, right? But it's the doctor's responsibility to explain the gravity of the risk to the patient if she really views some particular event as once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and she really wants to run with it even if there is an injury. So after we talked about that, another question that came from the audience was, well, what about PRP for partial ruptures? You're listening to the Doc on the Run podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Runner's Heel Pain, self-diagnosis and self-treatment written by the world's leading expert on runner's heel pain. When runners with heel pain get help from Dr. Segler through a virtual doctor visit, they ask the same questions. How do I know I really have plantar fasciitis? What do I have to do to get my heel pain to go away? How can I stay fit and keep running while I heal my plantar fasciitis? Dr. Segler wrote the book on runner's heel pain specifically so any runner like you could get the same answers he gives to patients he sees in person. He wanted to create a way you could get $500 worth of expert advice for less than the cost of a copay right now without waiting for some doctor's office to open. Runner's Heel Pain, Self-Diagnosis and Self-Treatment. This book will teach you exactly how the world's leading expert on runner's heel pain helps runners run and heal. Get the Kindle version on Amazon today for only $14.95. All right, welcome back to the Doc on the Run podcast. Another question that came from the audience was, well, what about PRP for partial ruptures? Now, this is a great question because all the doctors there know that I tend to offer PRP injections for runners because it's an advanced treatment that most doctors don't recommend. However, Given the number of articles written about the promise of faster healing with PRP, it, it obviously it makes sense that runners would also ask about it and want it because they've read that it's a great thing. But I went on to explain that I have this routine that works really well without the added cost of a PRP injection. So even though I recommend PRP for some things pretty routinely, I don't routinely recommend it, in fact almost never, for a partial rupture of the plantar fascia. Because all it really takes is a brief period of non-weight-bearing immobilization followed by a period of immobilization, you know, holding the foot still and protected weight-bearing where the foot's still but you're walking. And the length of time can vary, but the treatment is 
deliberately customized based on each individual runner's response to those treatments. So I maintain very close contact with the patients during this period and figure out how quickly we can advance them from one stage to another, but I do have a routine that I follow. Now, people are individuals. Runners are different from non-runners. Runners are healthy, they're physiologically primed to heal, and they have the potential to heal faster than non-runners. That's what I really believe. So I've developed an easily followed, customizable routine that sets out to accomplish three things. The first thing is to fully protect the plantar fascia from stress and strain in this initial phase that will allow the tear to heal by first laying down some disorganized collagen that will reinforce that little tear at the site of the injury. The second thing is that as soon as there is discernible improvement and we know that some new collagen is formed and is decreasing tenderness of the healing plantar fascia, then the third thing is that we can systematically reassess and advance the stress and strain in a way that restores motion without tearing any of the newly formed collagen that has been repairing the plantar fascia. So if we can do this in a relatively short period of time in these physiologically advanced runners, why waste the expense of the PRP injection? Now, if I could say with confidence that a PRP injection would speed the healing of a partial rupture of the plantar fascia, I would do it. But I simply can't say that. I can't look you in the eye and say, you're definitely going to heal in two or three weeks faster if we add PRP to this routine that I do for runners. However, with plantar fasciosis, that story is different. So if you don't have a tear or a rip or a partial rupture of the plantar fascia, but instead you're a runner who's developed a case of plantar fasciosis, the collagen fibers have started to degenerate. The plantar fascia has started to get thicker. That increased thickness of the plantar fascia can cause a serious problem. If you think about it, the thicker structure takes up more space. Essentially, aside from the inflammatory issues, you can have an ongoing painful foot just because the fascia is taking up more space. It's compressing on the other tissues around it. So it's important to do something to reduce the thickness of the fascia itself. Platelet-rich plasma injections have been shown to stimulate remodeling of the plantar fascia in a way that helps the fascia return back to a thinner, more normal thickness. That's part of the reason I routinely recommend PRP or platelet-rich plasma injections for runners with plantar fasciosis. Now, the big difference between runners with a partial rupture and those with plantar fasciosis is that one will almost certainly heal without a PRP injection. But I believe the other really and truly does need a platelet-rich plasma injection to get the fastest possible healing and return to running. The other reason I don't routinely recommend PRP injections for partial ruptures of the plantar fascia is that we are injecting with a relatively large needle. That needle is sharp, but the needle is also big. The big sharp needle passing through the partially ruptured plantar fascia will cut and lacerate even more fibers of the plantar fascia. So in my mind, this could potentially disrupt some of the remaining fibers that are really needed as a scaffolding to repair the torn plantar fascia. If a runner has a partial rupture of the plantar fascia and wants the most advanced, newest treatment to help stimulate healing, I would be inclined to recommend a stem cell injection rather than a platelet-rich plasma injection. The stem cell injection has the advantage of a much smaller needle, so we can inject stem cells into that area to jumpstart the healing process without as much risk of lacerating remaining collagen bundles in the plantar fascia. Now, after this discussion, another doctor asked, well, he said, you know, you didn't mention extracorporeal shockwave therapy, so do you do that still for plantar fasciitis? You're listening to the Doc on the Run podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Runner's Heal Pain, self-diagnosis and self-treatment written by the world's leading expert on runner's heel pain. When runners with heel pain get help from Dr. Segler through a virtual doctor visit, they ask the same questions. How do I know I really have plantar fasciitis? What do I have to do to get my heel pain to go away? 
How can I stay fit and keep running while I heal my plantar fasciitis? Dr. Segler wrote the book on runner's heel pain specifically so any runner like you could get the same answers he gives to patients he sees in person. He wanted to create a way you could get $500 worth of expert advice for less than the cost of a copay right now, without waiting for some doctor's office to open. Runner's Heel Pain, Self-Diagnosis and Self-Treatment This book will teach you exactly how the world's leading expert on runner's heel pain helps runners run and heal. Get the Kindle version on Amazon today for only $14.95. All right, welcome back to the Doc on the Run podcast. Another doctor asked, well, he said, you know, you didn't mention extracorporeal shockwave therapy. So do you do that still for plantar fasciitis? Well, yes. In fact, extracorporeal shockwave therapy, it works in much the same way by some of the same mechanisms as platelet-rich plasma injections and stem cell injections. But there are two main reasons that I don't do shockwave therapy as frequently as PRP injections. The first reason is simply logistical. Shockwave therapy has to be performed in the office and the equipment has to be brought in by a vendor. So it's a little more complicated to schedule. The second reason is that I have some concern that those 3,200 high energy shockwave impulses that we typically do for shockwave therapy may actually traumatize the heel in such a way that it could put runners at risk of developing calcaneal stress fractures or stress fractures in the heel bone. Although I don't have any proof or real evidence that this is a valid concern, it has occurred to me and I do think about it. Again, the first thing is that, you know, extracorporeal shockwave therapy has to be arranged to be performed in a doctor's office, so I have to use an office space for that, whereas PRP, I can do it in somebody's home, and with PRP, I don't have any concern that somebody's going to have a possibility of a stress fracture of the heel bone. Now, the patients who end up doing extracorporeal shockwave therapy, they, they seem to be those who have basically had relatives or friends or somebody who successfully overcame their heel pain after having shockwave therapy. So they'll say, well, my brother-in-law had it and he did great, so that's what I want. And you know, it's still a useful therapy. So even though it's one that's not commonly performed by many doctors, I do believe it's useful for cases, particularly chronic cases of plantar fasciitis and plantar fasciosis. The recovery from the procedure and the cost of the procedures are pretty much the same between extracorporeal shockwave therapy and PRP injections. They're just done a little differently. Now, the main take-home point for runners from all this stuff is that you really have to understand the slight differences between advanced treatment options. If you understand the pluses and minuses and different options, then you can make the best decision. Above all else, it is crucial that you explain to your doctor that you want to continue to run. Make sure you explain the type of training you're currently doing and what you hope to do right after the procedure. The best treatment is never a single procedure. The best treatment is the treatment that is most likely to work for you, given your history, the amount of damage to your plantar fascia, and your particular running goals. If you have a question that you would like answered as a future edition of the Doc on the Run podcast, send it to me. And then make sure you join me in the next edition of the Doc on the Run podcast. Thanks again for listening.